You're not watching it right. What was going on with Palpatine's son or Palpatine's clone? Wait, this is supposed to be entertaining? I'm kind of bored. No, I'm pretty sure this is the same guy. <laughs> this is awesome! Welcome to the Harmonica Brothers Variety Show. We now join this week's conversation already underway. Welcome back to the Harmonica Brothers Variety Show. Guys, what have you been watching? What have you been listening to? What have you been, what have you been consuming? Uh, I have been uh, fanboying about, uh, let's be realistic, I've been fangirling about based on the high-pitched sounds I've been making. Not mm. that men make high-pitched sounds, it's just that it's easier for girls to make high-pitched sounds. And about Legend of Vox Machina, which will be coming out next week, I get early access because I get to the Kickstarter. I've been a critter, I'm an OG critter. Um, and this is a show that we're all going to watch, even though Matt and Kime barely understand what it is. Uh, I sent them a. What the hell are you talking about? I I used to listen to Critical Role. You watched like three episodes, and you're like, "Oh, they're too long. No one has that kind of free time." Okay, for the guy who rips, shut the shut the f up because I'm I'm putting I'm laying it down right now, Sam. Matt, you are my witness. Listeners, you are my witness. For somebody who rips on me so much about One Piece. And it's and it's grotesque lengths. You hide your face in shame, Sam. You hide it. Because for somebody who rips on the grotesque length of One Piece, how many three hour episodes, hundred episodes <laughs> per season, I think. So excuse me if getting through a season of critical role is not as easy as as uh you make it seem as an OGCR. It's only 115 three and a half to seven and a half hour episodes. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but like we're I, we're all gonna watch it. Um, we're gonna talk about it in the same way we sort of talked about a, a little more in depth than we talked about Invincible. I do have a question about it though, Sam. I, I didn't even what. Are we, we all agreed to watch this? When was that? Was yes, that we are going to be watching it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, for those of you who don't know, uh, Legend of Vox Machina comes out on Amazon Prime January 28th. Three episodes every week. Uh, oh, God. I, I can't keep up with that. How long are the episodes? Like 22 minutes. Oh, well, that's, that's more doable. Still, and you're animated. Yeah. 12 episodes. Are uh, they animated? Is it in the anime style? Well, it's it's uh it's so Titmouse they did is the animation studio they did Big Mouth they did Legend of Korra they did a bunch of other stuff. Um, you they, sold me on Korra. Yeah, I sold you on Korra. They they went with them. Korra was the big thing, but also mm -hmm. you know the guy that founded Titmouse is a massive critical role fan. Um, they got a bunch of huge people working on the show. The, the head writer worked on Rebels and Resistance for Star Wars. Oh, what's his uh, name? What I really want to know, or call her name. Oh, uh, what I really want to know know is how close are they sticking to the original material, and how much are they adapting? Pretty faithfully, and like the broad strokes. Mm -hmm. Because, like, there's so many little scenes. Like anyone who's played a session of an RPG knows that, like, yes, you don't remember everything. You don't remember the random interaction when you bought something from a shopkeeper you remember but you the remember life. when your partner cuts up villain in half yeah exactly so can um, we what we need is to get somebody to animate our uh rpg that we play every tuesday we just need to, we just need to put it online on twitch every week for the last seven years and then get 
hundreds of millions of people to or we also got to get the rights to star wars <laughs> <laughs> he no, thinks disney will give us permission oh so so just just a couple of small things yeah so, nothing too big one <laughs> raise one billion dollars so he can license star wars profit no like i they are sticking to it pretty faithfully in the broad strokes there's a few things they're gonna have to cut uh, and alter. So the first two episodes was the goal of the Kickstarter. They wanted seven hundred fifty thousand for a twenty-two minute special. Okay. They got eleven and a half million dollars, and they're making a full season. Amazon liked what they saw, so they're making. So Prime is making a second. Has ordered a second season with a third season is likely to be ordered as well, uh, so they can f- at least finish off the first uh, Critical Role campaign. Um, it's fantasy. Elves. Yeah. It. It Shit. looks it looks legit. I can't wait to see the visuals. Um, I've based on I have listened to a few episodes, and the characters are really well developed. The interactions are phenomenal. So I can't wait to see this come to life in a visual medium, and I can't yeah. wait to see those characters. The visuals reflect the the passion in that story. So, so basically, all- if we watch it, we're gonna have like three levels of familiarity with it. We've got like Sam who like watches Critical Role all the time, Kai who's somewhat familiar but doesn't really watch it, and me who has no idea what you're talking about. I think because the important thing is the, so originally nine, seven, later on I can get into that. Basically they're, they're, the whole thing is at the start of every episode, a bunch of nerdy ass voice actors who play Dungeons and Dragons, right? They're actual voice actors. I think the ones are like Ashley Johnson is, is of course Ellie from The Last of Us. Um, Liam O'Brien is Gollum in the Shadow of Mordor games. He was Nightcrawler and Wolverine. They've all done anime dubs. Matt Mercer is Levi in the Attack on Titan dub. Uh, Travis Willingham is in a, obviously done a bunch of video games. Um, he's Thor and all the more recent Avengers stuff on uh, animation and in video games. Um, what's another big one? Talison Jaffe's been doing anime dubbing and subtitling, like subwriting for like 25 years. Uh, I could go on. Um, Laura Bailey, of course, was Abby in The Last of Us. Um, I, have a, I have a question, kind of off topic, and this would be Mordecai. Um, how popular do you think the dub version of, of animes are now? Do you think more people watch the dubs or something? Personally, I, I just watch the subtitled. I think it depends on the type of fan, and I think it also depends on their entry point into the anime. For example, any anime that I started while it wasn't complete, I there's a lot of anime, for example, I started when it wasn't complete, so I would start it on the dubs, and eventually I ran out of dubs and I had to go to subtitles. I and see. it depends on what's available, because yes, I watched One Punch Man in subs, but I rewatched it more when it was in dubs. So I think it's just ease of access kind of thing. Kids, for example, are going to appreciate dubs way more than adults because we've yeah, developed yeah, our our sub skills. But I was just wondering more about like, not not like shows like Pokemon or Dragon Ball, but the mm-hmm. kind of shows that are produced and put on Netflix and or, or that are simulcast on Crunchyroll. You know, how many of these people who are, you know, really big fans of anime do you think yeah. watch versions? I mean, I think for me, it's just that like, like obviously, I can I can still watch dubs of something like Dragon Ball Z because that's what I I mean. It takes me back to my childhood when I listen yeah. to those voices, right? And it still sounds weird the Japanese voices because that's not what I grew up with. Um, but I think you know I the, the, you know there's been certain dubs maybe that weren't 
done that well or that maybe I didn't care for the voice acting in. And so that kind of just pushed me. Neon Genesis, up. man. Um, Netflix you know, Neon I, Genesis. Yeah. Um, Let's be both honest. The, both the, there's, there's issues with the original dub and there's also issues with this new dub. So I just stick with the, with the subtitles. Yeah. I, I was going to, to answer Matt's question, um, listeners, you can't see what I'm doing, but Matt can see. Oh, he's making the money. The, the, that's, that sign means the money. And it's, I think it depends on what the production studio uh, or the whoever's releasing it decides for the anime. Because nowadays, when you have people like Amazon and, and Netflix producing animes, because they'll have Netflix or Amazon original tied to it, they're going to want to release to a worldwide audience immediately. So although the original language may be Japanese, they're going to record the dubs simultaneously and release them. Yeah, as so it, it a lot of it, I think, depends on who's making it and what the target audience is. But the bottom line comes to if it's a bingeable show, if they want it to be a bingeable show, then they're going to want they're going to simu simultaneously release all the dubs in all the languages. Because now there's like I see any new anime released on Netflix it's got Dutch and friggin' um, maybe Dutch is, is, is German. Um, they've got Italian, Spanish, like they've got everything there yeah. now, not just English. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm seeing that it's, they're aiming it at a wider audience. So I think they care. It, it depends on the fan. It depends on what the, who it's aimed at and who the fans, the fan base is. I think another interesting thing is like, what you think about what the, what property is it based on? Because like when I watch Star Wars Visions, mm -hmm. I watch that dub. I watch that dubbed. It, really? You can't really call it dubbed because I mean, yes, it was produced by Japanese companies, but it's an American property, right? Yes. And so I'm used to watching Star Wars, and Star Wars being in English, it just made sense to watch that in English. It's a. Th I think with when it comes to the dubbing, it's a accessibility thing, right? Like you take a something art something artistic that is just happens to be an anime, like mm -hmm. and my example is probably like your name or something, right? Where your name, yay! You could watch you it back into the archive and listen to the episode in which we talk about your name, our favorite uh, animated films. Uh, yes, uh, but like with something like that, where it's art, like you're not gonna watch. I don't know what's a really i don't know any french movies you know i or i saw a movie recently called arab blues right which is about and sort of a an arab french woman returns to tunisia and she opens a a, a psychoanalyst a site like a like a like a shrink practice she she's a psychoanalyst and she sort of this is an an animation no, no no it's live action but my point is it's artistic it's an art film it's an art house movie you're supposed to watch it in french or slash arabic right in the language in which it was produced and so, whereas something that's made, even if it is something very artistic, but it's made for a wider audience, you take like a Miyazaki movie. You can watch a Miyazaki movie dubbed because they're so good. They're so masterfully dubbed, right? And this is actually funny because like all like most of the Critical Role crew cut their teeth starting out doing dubs for anime. The big one is like Laura Bailey was like young trunks in the original DBZ on Funimation, right? That was her first like big anime job or her first anime job, I think. And like her husband, Travis William, is also a cast member as Roy Mustang on Full Metal Alchemist. But uh, the big ones, 
when you get to anime it's sort of at a point where the dubs are so good and they're made for that like castlevania is the most recent anime that i've watched all the way through most recently made and it's a it's a got the it's got a full proper voice cast like of famous people right it's not some it's not a bunch of no names or you know just people doing this on their spare time who are only known for doing anime dubbing right i can't remember his name off my dome but the actor who played thor and oakenshield in the hobbit movies is the voice of Tra trevor belmont that's the big one that i can recall um love jason isaacs is in it um who else is in it? Uh, uh, I can't remember a bunch of names off, my um, off the top of my head. My point is, it's made for that wider audience, so it's good. So the dubbing is more important to its creation. Something like Attack on Titan was a bit of a sleeper hit in the West. Like it's, it's, you know, didn't have the same raw appeal that Shonen anime did. Right. Yeah. For yeah. Western audiences, the target audiences of a lot of anime. It seemed, it seems from my outside perspective for a very long time, the target audience of anime was like men or males aged like not seven to 19 or 23. It's not a very diverse grouping of people. No. Uh, and of course, like fans of anime are very extremely diverse. Like that's not up for debate. And I think like as that has sort of changed and things have opened up, it becomes like the dubbing process has become a little more important. Yeah. 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 That's true. I, I would also say, I think I, I think probably my 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 preference, is, you know, for for sub versus dub is more just for the fact that like a lot of times the first, like my first exposure to a show, like the first episode I watch will be subbed, and 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 much like even if the first episode I watched were to be dubbed, whatever the first voices are you hear for characters, that is now their voice, at least for yeah. me. So if I if I watch it subbed first. I'm I, I they have one particular voice. If I watch it dubbed, I'm like, that's not their voice. Much like the reason I can still watch Dragon Ball Z is because I grew up with the dub voices and now I hear the Japanese ones and I'm like, that's not Goku's voice. Yes and no. Uh I will agree with you with exception, Matt. Yeah. Because there are certain Japanese voice acting that are so god awful when the character has to yell all the time. And sometimes they translate that a lot less annoyingly in the in the sub. Oh, sorry, in the dubs. I suppose if there's something that you really find off-putting about the particular uh, audio track you're you're listening to, then you might be able to switch. Usually, one loud character who's always the spaz who has to yell something and then get conked on the looking head at, and fall down. You, Aaron Yeager, looking at you, Aaron Yeager, in the first season. <laughs> he, he, he 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 does a lot of yelling, but he's. I mean, look at the trauma he's gone through. I'd be yelling a lot too if a bunch of titans came and attacked my uh, my yeah. village. Aaron Yeager, you a bitch. Hey, hey! If Hillary Clinton ate your mom, Sam, you'd be just as as screamy as he is. If Hillary Clinton got close to eating my mom. My mom would thank her. My mom loves Hillary Clinton. Okay. <laughs> so I just, I, you see that? I just, I just broke your ankles on that. Okay. Shut up. <laughs> so, so what I was gonna say was. The most recent, the only anime show I've ever watched that made me go back for to rewatch it. I am patiently like they're they're putting like two years between seasons. It's Vinland Saga. I don't know if you guys watched it. I yet. might no, because I saw a clip and I'm like, shit. So I heard I first got onto it because our buddy, our mutual friend Jason, 
Shout out Jason. Um, just started posting pictures about it during our our D and D campaign. We're posted in like memes from it and clips. And I got into it. First of all, the history is awesome. It's so like obviously the action is not accurate, but the 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 costumes, the weapons, the the architecture, the sort of the way things are laid out, social structures. It's all very accurate to, uh, you know the Danish and the Vikings in sort of, you know, late medieval England or mid high medieval England and, and uh, Western Europe. So it's the only show I've watched. And I, there is no, there was no English dub for it. And there was a German dub. There wasn't an English dub. It was so hmm. weird. So I just, I had to watch it subbed. I didn't want, I didn't, I don't love watching subbed like things in general. I don't want to be hmm. having forced to read when I want to be looking at the stunning visuals, right? It's all now, like, now did you did you listen to the German dub with subtitles? <laughs> German dub, English subtitles. Yes. Uh, no, I did not. Um, maybe it was Dutch. I can't remember. Uh, but my point is, in listening to it and sort of getting into it, like I don't understand it, but I'm I, you get to a point when you're when you're watching subs that you can move fast enough between the subtitles and the picture and you know be able to in the anime it. world we call that your subtitle sharingan my subtitle sharingan it's a it's a ocular power from the anime naruto of course it is the anime naruto you say <laughs> it's such, with such gravitas yes i've been watching Peaky blinders it's so fucking good like okay but uh, but but now you're going now peaky blinders that what season is that in and they're on see they're making they're currently they just finished season five are you just getting into it now or did you uh watch it like i tried it was to get into it a couple years ago uh i couldn't now i'm loving it have you been spoiled prior to i um, have been spoiled one thing it's only that two characters get married and it's sort of like it's very obvious from the first time they meet like i know happens. nothing about this show Except I've heard of it from various people. It's it's amazing. It's a great show. Yeah. yeah. Is it okay. extremely popular? Is it very popular? I would say it's on its way. It's like the it's like the sort of the there's all there's always at least like one really good like British crime drama on TV. For a while it was oh, Luther. Crime drama? Well, it's 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 based in Birmingham in the nineteen in nineteen nineteen, nineteen twenties in mm -hmm. England. Right? So it's like it's about like razor gangs and shit it's pretty brutal but it's a really enjoyable show it's got like the vibe of a sopranos a wire a really well constructed crime like organized crime show um so my question is how have you managed to avoid being spoiled is it because maybe it's not as popular as some other things and you don't yeah, see like, it, things about I, it everywhere i was reminded of it from another another mutual friend of ours brought it up in our most recent D, &D game uh trevor he sort of mentioned how he's watching it, but it's one of those shows where you can't binge it. You can't watch more than two episodes a day because it's so like dialogue heavy. It's so intense. I know and how that it's feels. Not a very big show. I don't trap. I don't walk in or like browse on the internet in fan circles anymore. So mm. the only way things will be spoiled for me is if it somehow ends up on my TikTok feed or my Reddit feed, or if one of you guys brings it up to me. But like. Or uh, what is it? Or or um, our teasers, or trailers, or posts, or Instagram, or yeah. reels, or advertisements, or when it comes memes. to movies, when it comes to movies, with Spider-Man: No Way Home is the big one. 
I saw it about, I saw it opening weekend. I was pretty lucky. Uh, I saw it like the 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 Friday after it came out because it was COVID. It was like downtown St. Petersburg in Florida. A lot of retirees, not a lot of young people who are around, right? Who aren't just like, you know, somewhere doing their, uh, what's the one I'm looking for? You know, on, who are doing that rather than going to the beach or whatever. So as a result, uh, so many people, there's no one in the theater. So I'm able to watch it and be very engrossed. And I didn't get anything spoiled for me because I avoid spoilers. I'm very good at that. I don't go on YouTube randomly. I don't, I don't, Matt somehow find, gets things spoiled for him quite often. And I you don't only have to go on any, any entertainment news website. That's the, that's the mistake though. Like literally I was like about to open a story and I was with our former coworker, Liam. Um, and he's the guy I saw Avengers Endgame with. And I was like looking at a story in the Uber on my way to see him. And we were texting back and forth. And I was like, hey, I was just about to read like a spoiler free review. And he's like, don't read it. I was like, what? Don't read it. And I was like, why? Because every spoiler free review, I'm a writer. He Because he writes these reviews. He writes spoiler free and spoiler re reviews. Literally everything that's ever spoiler free, there will be a spoiler in it that ruins the movie for you. Or it affects mm -hmm. your watching experience. Don't read it. Mm -hmm. So I didn't read it. And Avengers Endgame was the greatest film, like theater experience I've ever had of all time. Like, but it's yeah, I've noticed that it, it's like it's, but it's not even what's in the text. Like you can go on a website and there might be uh, a headline about okay, don't, for don't example, Hawkeye, and they've put a picture next to it, and oh, that picture features Kingpin. Don't I don't go online anymore. I don't. Yeah, I, I'm also very good. This is sort of this is me blowing puffing myself up a little bit. I I see I see shit as soon as I can if I really care about it. There should be spoiler gags on shit, like definitely, you know, but. I mean, who who can do that? Who could do that? The big la the last time this was really big was with Game of Thrones, where spoilers were. I feel like with that, it was that show specifically that sort of put spoiler culture into the the zeitgeist of like just mm -hmm. cultural like thought. So the big one was they filmed mul they claimed to have filmed multiple endings to the show, so there couldn't be any. So no one actor could spoil it. But what you end up doing is you're all you're putting out into the world is like this is worth spoiling mm -hmm. right because it's called spoiling it's called a spoiler because it it spoils it it ruins the enjoyment your enjoyment for you but that's a little skewed because i didn't know for certain anything was happening in spider-man no way home you have sus you suspect we suspected what would happen was going to happen but i didn't know for certain because i stopped seeking out trailers months before the movie came out Ditto. well right. i just went i just went to look for tickets for spider-man no way home and they had the cast list and i i didn't stop to think and already like oh charlie cox's name is in the cast list mm -hmm. like and that's like I, I wouldn't have even thought that i was gonna get spoiled yeah. right there. i'm just going there i went in i went into that completely blind and i'll let me tell you guys a story about having something spoiled for me once I got a call from a friend who says, hey, dude, you want to go see The Sixth Sense? I'm like, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. He says, Bruce Willis is the ghost at the end. He's dead. And since then, I have never, ever seen that movie because it just pisses me off that my friend was such a dick. And it 
just I've never been I, I've always wondered. I've thought about it. I'm like, I don't understand these memes. I don't understand these references. I don't understand these uh, parodies. And it kind of feels like you're left out of that. Like there's an element of a language that you can't um, grasp. It's not a first language the way it is. It's like a secondhand language because I only understand it through parodies. So, and I never want to go back to the original material because it just pisses me off. And it's not as enjoyable because I never got to experience it the way so many other people did. And spoilers can really, like, for people who are really invested in the material, I kind of feel bad about Harry Potter spoiled, people who got Harry Potter spoiled for them, or well, people who I, got Darth Vader spoiled for them back in the I day. Was on, I was on the other end of a spoiler once. The only one I can really remember. It's the only circumstance where it's like, it, the person I told got really broken up about it. Mm. So uh, it was Deathly Hallows Part One had just come out. I was in, I was in like tenth grade, I think. Mm. Peak Harry Potter age, right? Or no, no, not tenth grade. I was in eighth grade when Part One came out because it was twenty ten uh, or ninth grade, whatever. And basically, it was Dobby dies. Dobby dies in Harry Potter. What? You just spoiled that. How could you? No. I was of that generation that Harry Potter is really core to me. It still yep. it was. It still is. Right. And it was big for my parents. The whole ritual was the first. I've read the books twice or twice myself. When we the first time I read them, though, was my my dad, my mom or my dad in the middle of the bed. My sister on the left side, me on the right side. And they would read to us. That oh, was how we read it. Right up until the last book came out when I was like 11. And with, uh, or not 11, I can't remember what it came out actually. Uh, but with those books, so what happened was it was my, my friend Elia. She and I were just talking about it. And the movie was about to come out. And I was like, yeah, it was really sad when when Dobby dies. It's going to be really sad when Dobby dies and all this. And she's like, what? And I'm like when, when Dobby dies, she's like, what Dobby dies? And I'm like, it's in the book. And this is like the first circumstance of, I read of like book reader, like, uh, like stuffed, like turned up nosedness. Yes. Right? Like I've read the books. I know what's going to happen, you know, but yeah. with, like unwittingly and I ruined it for her and she didn't talk to me for like six weeks until. I but I mean, okay. So I think we've established uh, the negative impact that being spoiled can have on somebody's enjoyment of a particular movie or show or 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 book, uh, but that's not really you. You made an error. You blurted something out that you'd mm. read in the book, and you didn't mean to spoil it. I think when we talk about spoiler culture, we're talking about this desire to put all like like to put all of this information out there before something even releases. Like, oh, you know, we've you know we we, we our sources say that like this is going to happen in the movie or that's going to happen. And so that you can't really go anywhere or even trailers. Like I was saying the first Spider-Man no way home trailer I, I saw, I felt like I already seen the first half of the movie. So it's this desire to get all this information out there and make, and so people who don't want to be spoiled, it becomes very hard to go into a movie or a show or a book or a game and not have an idea of what's going to happen. And I think that. And I got to, I got to piggyback off that, Matt. Thank you. Because I got to ask you guys, when you guys watch a trailer, when you guys see footage, like sneak peek footage or something, and you see a scene in the movie, and it's really awesome scene, are you 
don't do you guys also catch yourself waiting for that scene or kind of remembering that scene so you're like oh that scene hasn't come up so this moment in the movie isn't as dire as it seems because he's going to get out of it or he's going to get out of this unharmed and get to this thing or she's going to be doing this later on in the movie so i don't see why she's doing this and it kind of you're trying to you've already seen a piece of the picture so you're just trying to figure out where that piece is in the bigger picture you know so, so for me i can answer on the spider-man front i think in the con or answer your question in the context of spider-man no way home because I couldn't predict any of the ways in which the story ended in Spider-Man No Way Home. How it's so final for these mm -hmm. these three these Marvel Cinematic Universe Sony crossover Spider-Man because that's what Tom Holland Spider-Man really is. It's a crossover between Sony and Marvel as companies. Because as it, the way it ended, Spider-Man's like Peter Parker is gone. So with uh when it comes to like spoiling i don't i didn't i don't agree matt that the movie would be spoiled already from all the teasers and stuff i would agree that like new like you know entertainment news websites and like clout chasers social media people or people media people who are like influencers whatever word you want to use for them are so heavily chasing the clout and the fame and the numbers of the in the views they will jump to showing off oh i saw it here's exactly what happens and that's bad what i don't think is bad is teasers because with a movie like i don't know like this movie that just came out um ridley scott he had two movies in like a month right house of gucci and the last duel i didn't see either of them like uh house of gucci and last Duel, movies like that that don't get spoiled but if you watch the trailer you know exactly what happens are oscar bait that's all they are they're no also, there's no marker of, what, no here's, marker of what's good anymore let me finish let me finish yeah, yeah, I'll, sorry, yeah. I'll get back to my point yeah or my i'm coming around to my point and then you compare it to a movie like spider-man no, spider-man no way home in all of the trailers, none of the or teasers or story trailers or first or the first like five minutes uh, they release or whatever, none of that spoils really anything pertinent about the film. What they do do is they amp you up and they get you ready for the movie, right? I think about I go back and I think about the Avengers Endgame trailers. None of them gave me any idea towards the ending, which and the big things, the things I remember are. The Tony snap, but even before that, it's Thundercap. That's the top of my mind with Avengers Endgame. None of that was spoiled for me in the movie, in the mm -hmm. trailers. So with Spider-Man No Way Home, with these movies that are genuinely good and entertaining and leading from things, and, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home is not just the culmination of these three movies. It's the culmination of every Spider-Man movie that came before it. It's kind of like it's not on anyone but the people who benefit from showing off the spoilers mm -hmm. faults it is it's not to marvel sony uh the media companies or the not the media companies the the ad agencies the marketing agencies they're not to blame right who's to blame is the people who are profiting off of spoiling it well, I mean, I guess it also depends on what you consider to be a spoiler, right? I think everybody has a different threshold for what they consider to be too much information about an upcoming, uh, you know, story that they're looking forward to. Uh, like, yes, 
I, I agree. Certainly, if you if you're going to reveal you know big plot twists, that everybody's going to agree that's a spoiler. I agree with that. Everybody's going to agree with that. I think. But but for me, if you're showing a lot of the movie, even if that isn't really central to the movie, if you're just showing a lot of the movie, yeah, to me, I consider that to be a sp spoiling it as well. Yeah, like because I think you're you waiting for that scene to happen, right? Yeah, well, but, like, not it's just that, but. They want to show so many trailers <laughs> that you inevitably end up showing more of the movie than you need to. If you limited the number of trailers or you made sure that the scenes you were showing were kind of really taken out of sequence or something. Yeah, maybe it wouldn't get people as hyped up as much, but you wouldn't feel like you had been exposed to as much of the movie so it's far. Almost like it would behoove you to never like ignore media altogether, ignore news altogether into like media news and just go to the movie theater every week and see what's playing. Well, I, you know, and I, I guess the, the other thing is it's not because I, like, if it was just an issue of a trailer or something, you can just avoid that. But it's also the way like, like, like videos or articles are titled. Yeah. <laughs> like, like don't title it in such a way that you're going to spoil oh, it for no, me. Great. Great. On that. It's titling in general. Like this is a, you know, I'm a, I'm somewhere, I'm going to be going to journalism school soon. Um, Hashtag clout. Uh, but titling is so massive, right? You can argue the editor, sometimes it's the editor, sometimes it's the line editor, sometimes it's the section of the section head, sometimes it's the person who write, wrote the piece itself. Titles are so important. There was an EW story on Twitter that I saw. And it was James Earl Jones, massive movie star and uh uh, and a notable actor and figure for the past X number of years turns 91. Happy birthday, James Earl Jones. And it's like, you buried the lead. Like you made me thought he would think he was dead. That's he's not dead. He's just turning 91. Yeah. Like it's a lot of that. Like you could title it like spoilers. Can you believe that happened? Literally you, the title should be, can you believe that happened? Capitalize that in Spider-Man No Way Home. That's all you need. And you put spoilers in the in the tags right at the start. Um, right? But yeah, and, people don't do that anymore. And uh, fucking people are people suck. Spoiler culture in general, like it's you know, it's like those quote unquote pranker pranksters ugh. who run up who like walk run up around outside movie theaters screaming about screaming the spoiler for a movie. Right? This happened yeah. a lot. Force Awakens. I walked out of the theater from Force Awakens and Someone else in the, the theater who was in the theater watching with me walks up to the lineup outside the theater. The Force Awakens on Thursday night. It's it's a fucking line. Yeah. Right? And like belts out uh, like something like Finn's a nobody or Ray's the Jedi or something like that. Like so, one of the big reveals. Yeah. Luke in it, something like that. And it was just like something out of like Silence of the Land or not like Children of the Corn. Everyone just like turns to look at that person and then he felt and all his friends just like noped away from him now do you guys remember the the uh internet culture of first to post where yeah. the the p person who got the first reply got to write first first and first time, yeah time. doesn't even matter what they're saying they didn't I even have to write times when I, if, I, if, if i'm the first person to comment i still sometimes do that Right. So that's still a thing. And so it seems as though it's like the first there, there's a legitimacy. Maybe it's even the Google algorithm bullshit. 
where you have to be the first to post to be the oldest and most clicked on thing to be, uh, you know, to get even more clicks. So that's got to be a part of it. Um, you know, certain websites will put out like things like, uh, say like PSA, public service announcement, something's leaked early, be careful what you click on. But that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of predicated on the idea that like, if, it, if it's before the actual release date, we want to help you avoid spoilers. But uh, once the release date is there, uh, all bets are off and it's fine to talk about. How long after, or do you think that's fair? Or should, is there a certain length of time after something comes out where it's fair game to talk about as, you know, without a spoiler warning? I mean, you should be free to talk about it within a day, but it's like, you need to, you should be caring for at least a week. After that, it's like, you don't need to keep putting spoilers in the tags. If No Way Home's been out for a week, like, and someone, if you are going to be so broken up that you're going to be pissed that someone didn't put spoilers in the tags on a story you're reading or the title, then you're a big enough fan that you would have seen it within the first week anyway. Agreed. And if you haven't seen it and you're still broken up about the spoilers, then it's like, when are you going to see it? You're going to see That's it. a little after, bit on you. You're going to see it after it's passed out of the zeitgeist. Spider-Man No Way Home will probably still be in theaters when lockdown ends in, in, in this, this current Ontario lockdown ends. I'm going to go see it again. I don't know about you guys. And I don't think there's anyone who's going to be in line. And I could probably ask some people and be like, hey, have you seen this yet? Do you know what happens? What took you so long to watch it? You know, mm-hmm. just out of curiosity. Because it's not the obligation. The onus is not on the vast majority of these companies to not talk about it. Right. Once I'm not the saying out, the companies shouldn't not talk about it i'm saying the companies should probably probably like for example on redbubble if a company even felt my illustration was infringing on copyright um then they will they will shut it down like i made a parody image once of the x-men that got taken down um but and they have that much power so they can definitely go on they can definitely have their minions go on to like social network sites and be like, change this picture or, you know, please change this picture or please, uh, you know, change this title or, or, you know, things like that, like at least for a little bit. So uh, I think that they could at least do it for a week and just say, Hey, just be careful of the images you're using. Just be careful of the, the headlines you're using. Just be considerate. Do you think that it's so, would you agree that it's definitely become like there's more people like your friend who purposely spoiled that six cents for you on the phone? Do you think it's become more common for people to be like that and just want to spoil things I for people? I think, yeah, I would just want to jump in and say yeah. yes, but also those people are demonized a hell of a lot quicker than they used to be. Uh, right. Like when, yeah. when the last of us two got part two got spoiled at uh, like in the spring of last year, like April, May last March, April, May last year. There were more people who were hunting online, people who were spreading and spreading what was in that spoiler, what was in that copy of the that stolen copy of the game, more th- more so than there were people spreading what was actually in the spoiler. I had to hunt. I didn't know plans to play the game because I don't like games that depress me. Mm. Well, I wanted to know, just to know. And it took me like a good like, 15 minutes of internet searching, which for Googling 15 minutes to find information is a pretty long time, Mm -hmm. right? To find where the actual spoiler was and, and in like internet investing, internet sleuthing, I should say. So 
yeah, like uh, it's more common to hunt the person down and to put this, to crucify that person than it is to spread the spoilers. But that was before, that's because that was before the game was released, correct? Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so, but, but after you, something, but this is my point after something's released, if you haven't seen it yet, it's a little bit like, well, that works for a movie, but that doesn't necessarily work for a game. Not everybody has the system. Not everybody has uh, the time game that day or the time. Yet there's still, you know, videos and articles with maybe too much information in the titles. Maybe somebody can't make it to a theater. Maybe somebody's not going to be able to go out during COVID. You know, there's these there's different times. So yes, these it, are COVID, unprecedented. You, you should give somebody more more of a chance to see yeah. it. Yeah, but then it's also this is something where you can play, this is okay to play devil's advocate about where it's like the onus is not the onus is then on you to do your utmost to avoid spoilers. But how can I avoid a spoiler? If I'm just like, like I didn't search it out, but it's just like one of these like recommended articles or videos or and something. Like just oh, where, where, where are these articles recommended? That's my question. Where? Well, no, but I was saying like you can be you can be on a site and they say like related articles and oh look there's don't go on these sites in general you avoid the news sites so just don't go online at all no I'm not saying that but you avoid no but Sam I think the point Matt's trying to make is that the information is so diluted and not only that but nowadays I'm pretty sure it's targeted to us even. Like it's targeted in, uh, at us to aggravate us and to get us to interact with social media so that they can keep us interacting with the information. So I feel like sometimes it is actually very hard to avoid and it literally does hunt you down. Because sometimes you could be even on a main street, like maybe I'm just looking up news on a regular news website and oh, there's, you just scroll down and you came across the entertainment section and oh, Look, there's information that you didn't expect having it, you know, to to see. Um, no, in that circumstance, I'm not saying you're not right. What I'm saying is, if you anyone any, if you're not aware of spoilers and you're a person who goes out and you see movies and you're into pop culture and all and nerd shit or whatever, see the big blockbuster movies, you know what spoiler culture is. You know what spoilers are. In which case, if you haven't seen something, then the onus is on you. Then it's not anyone's fault but your own if you accidentally see that. You're okay. You, given all everything we've talked about, but then it's like, okay, you're not in a position where you can go see it right now. Unprecedented times. Fine. In which case, yes, the onus should be on these main street like news type websites to try to like protect their readers. You can put my point is you can put whatever you want in an article. Just don't put shit in the title or in the thumbnail form. Yeah. yeah. That's, 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 right. that's, that's, I think we can unanimously agree on that. Yeah. Every time I think about spoilers, I just think of that scene from the Simpsons where they're in the 1980s and Homer walks out of that theater and he turns to Marge and he says, can you believe Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father? And he's well, saying, it's all spoiling the movie for me. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, that that one scene it, or what we've talked about a little bit with Naruto. Like you knew what was going to happen because you read the manga and you didn't want to watch the anime. And then you ended up watching the anime and you loved it. Um, no, it's a little different because 
What's in the knowing, it's about knowing. It comes to yes, like it's about knowing and how you experience the media when you know something is coming. And that's the thing. That's that's yeah. what changes it. That's it's what like makes it. spoilers so it, it taints and it for lack of a better it literally spoils the experience. It's like with Game of Thrones fans in the first five seasons, we just turned up our noses and then it went downhill. But I mean, I will say that I have started to be a lot more careful going to different entertainment news websites. Be if I haven't seen something yet, because I know even if there's like other information, I'm, you know, there's expected to be an announcement about a game or something. And I want to get that information. I know that like to get that information risks getting other information that I don't want. So I have become, you know, more, more careful about when I, I read these different uh, news websites, if I haven't seen something yet or read something yet. 